0: This is Carla Jack Jackal Frampton. Hi. This is David Healy. Hello. This is Stephen Ferris.
1: Hi. I'm
2: Bethany
1: Ferris. Hi. This is
0: Joey Barton. I'm Charles Gutierrez. Hi. This is Harry Q. And, and you're and listening to, you.
2: to the score.
1: The score with Michael Clark.
2: And welcome along to The Score with me, Michael Clarke. Three big guests on the show this week. Northern Ireland international and Glen Torren star Niall McGinn. He talks about life in the Irish League. Can they still win the title? That upturn in form has certainly got everybody talking, especially after a thumping win over Linfield on Tuesday. Niall McGinn on the show in a couple of minutes. From Cliftonville, we'll be hearing from Ronan Hale. It's first versus second on Saturday as Hale takes on his former club Larne in Larne. How will they fare? His form is worth discussing too, as he has broken a Cliftonville club record. And from Crusaders, a man who has a milestone to his name this week after he scored his 200th goal for the club. Paul Heatley looks ahead to their match against 4th place Rain, just a point between those two sides as Crusaders are hoping to leapfrog the Bandsiders when all is said and done on Saturday all that and more to come right here on The Score The Score with Michael Clark. Yes, come on in, settle yourself down. It is an hour of Irish League discussion like you're not going to get anywhere else coming up right here on The Score. We love it. And what is not to love about how this incredible, dramatic season is unfolding? Unpredictable and frantic. Absolutely frantic. And it'll be bedlam between now and the conclusion of everything. With still so much to decide, you know, in a few weeks' time, a League Cup final, the Irish Cup final down the road too, and the small matter of who is going to lift the Gibson Cup. Who are you backing now? Has Valentine's Day changed anything for you? And uh, don't overshare, I'm strictly talking football. (laughs) But are you looking at it and thinking, I fancy them and I don't, because this league has been brilliant at giving us a team that we might think okay it's them isn't it? it's going to be them and then something happens and then some of them are coming back some of them are struggling at the moment and it leaves a lot of people just scratching their head and I think quite a few fans are now trying to play it quite coy they've watched so many interviews down through the years of players and managers maybe learned a few tricks along the way and now it's well, we'll just take every game as it comes and we'll see what happens. Nobody wants to say, aye, I back us, we're going to do it. Uh, I haven't encountered too many people brave enough. Mind you, you could say stupid enough, because how on earth could you have any certainty? But you are most entitled to feel all the nerves and all the adrenaline. And it isn't just about winning the title. It really isn't. Look at the story in the bottom half of the table. Three teams fighting for seventh spot, which could be crucial European playoff place. Um, they're up for grabs: Ballymena United, Carrick Rangers, and Glenavon. Who's going to take charge of that? Who is going to finish strongest? Probably, post-split is where that will be won or lost in the games against each other. But so, so fascinating to try and observe that and, and and understand what's going on there in the little mini-drama that's unfolding between those three clubs. Beneath that, and I'll talk about it in terms of fixtures in a moment, but Newry City on 20 points after 27 games. Duncan and Swifts, three points worse off having played a game more, but they play tonight. And then Portadown, Down, you could say, are the only team who are really... You know, out in their own in terms of what are they fighting for? It's going to be Herculean to avoid relegation at this point. It'll be worth a movie if they do it. That is the scale of the challenge. And I'm sorry to say it, Portadown fans, but I think you're coming to terms with it. It's looking very likely that relegation is headed your way and you're going to have to have another taste of it again soon. That is, unless somehow you can claw yourself out of it with. One of the, if not the greatest escapes of all time. The game's taking place this weekend in the top flight. Ballymini United against Glen Torin. I'm going to be at that game later on. Very much looking forward to it. Newry City, Dungan and Swifts. Nury, we've talked about how well they've been doing. But it's still there, isn't it? The Spectre. Relegation And Darren Mullen, when I spoke to him on Tuesday night after their narrow defeat against Cole Rain, he made that point. He said, look, there's no point pretending this isn't a big game. It's a big game. We just need to go and do our best and hope that we can get a result. They shuffled the pack a little bit. So maybe some players rested, feeling stronger. They'll hope to have John McGovern back available. They'll have, I would imagine, James Thielen starting the game. They're going to have Philly Donnelly back in the side from suspension and... Daniel Hughes. So, a stronger Newry City with home advantage against Dungannon and Swifts. The Swifts have looked better, haven't they? The last few games have ended in defeat granted in the league, but it feels like there is that sort of belief that they might be able to do what is needed. They're not going to be judged on the results against the likes of Crusaders, Larne, Rain, or Torin. but... When you look at matches against teams in the bottom half of the table, Drew reported down, beat Glenavon. They've beaten Newry City, of course, on Boxing Day. Have they that in their locker? They got a big win against Carrick before Christmas. So they don't, or haven't at least, been doing badly against teams in their half of the table. So is this going to give them the confidence that actually they're getting into the area where they can soon hit their stride? And will they escape that second last place? Or do really have enough about them? How do you separate these teams and how do you think it's all going to unfold? So, two very interesting games. Uh, we're going to speak to Niall again in a moment from Glen Torin, just to remind ourselves of what is happening tomorrow on Saturday. Crusaders against Rain. Crusaders represented on the programme today by Paul Heatley. Lorne against Cliftonville. So, Crusaders Rain is fifth against fourth. Lauren against Cliftonville is first against second and Ronan Hale of Cliftonville on the show. Linfield against Carrick is a game where you would say Linfield are going to be huge favourites. They cannot, absolutely cannot afford anything less than three points. And it's not the first time it's been said, but they're hoping Lauren and Cliftonville could take points off each other and they can close the gap because everyone's saying devastation after being drubbed against Glenthorne at the Oval. But if the other two teams draw, go to 60, and Linfield win, go to 58, it's two points. When you look at it that way, it really does sum things up. But then Carrick Rangers beat Linfield in Carrick earlier in the campaign. How will they find it in the big expanse of Windsor Park against a team who are licking their wounds and will feel they have a point to prove? I imagine Mr Lafferty is looking to open his account. So... Could end up being a long day for Carrick Rangers, but you don't know. They got a great result against Ballymina during the week. And then Portadown, Glenavon. Mid-Ulster Derby, Shamrock Park, half-five kick-off. Could that be the time Portadown get a valuable win? Will they be able to have this late boost? Their next game is against Duncan and Swifts. They say it's the hope that will kill you in football. That could well be the case. Glenavon will be the favourites. When they head to Shamrock Park. Now it is time to hear from some of the players who'll be hoping they can make a positive impact for their respective clubs this weekend.
0: The score with Michael Clark.
2: Now we are kicking off our show in style this week with a man who has hit the ground running at his new club, Northern Ireland International, and already a fan favorite at the Oval. It's Glen Torren star Niall McGinn. Niall, it is brilliant to have you back on The Score. How are you? I'm all good, thanks. Hope you're well. I'm doing very well, thank you. And new club, new surroundings, but off to a flyer. You must be very pleased.
1: Yeah, no, if I'm being honest, I'm absolutely delighted. I think uh, when you come to any new club, you want to get in and try and make an impact as quick as you can. I probably wouldn't have thought things of, would have went as, as well as they, ha- as they have done in the sense of just playing, enjoying my football, and yeah, chipping in my few goals is, is always pleasing. I always sort of set myself a target of just trying to get in and get a goal quite quickly, sort of at any new club. So you get in and sort of get that confidence from scoring goals, and thankfully it's led to us playing well and, and, and winning games.
2: How big of a factor was Rodney McAree in selling Glen Torrin into you when you were looking at the different clubs that were interested?
1: Now, if I'm being honest, Rodney, was the first uh, point of contact. Uh, he actually, my sister cuts his hair in, in, in Dungeon, <laughs> So uh, He still I'm has happy, hair to cut. <laughs> he, still, he still has a few haircuts left, like myself. Uh, but now, uh, now long story short, he, he was sort of, yeah, an initial point of contact. Uh, always sort of kept in close contact with, with previous coaches and, and managers. And obviously, played with Rodney a long time ago and Rodney was just honest with me, and, and he said to me, if, if it was maybe 27, 28, he probably would never have thought of even asking me to come back to the Irish League at that stage. But now, when I'm a wee bit older and more experienced, he thought was it was maybe a good opportunity for me to come back home and, and get back playing and enjoy my football again. So, now as sort of conversations grew, and then obviously met with the, the manager at the time. Uh, now everything was sort of uh, of of interest to in me, and uh, now here I am now uh, out enjoying my football and, and doing well.
2: Because even on the day that Glen Torn announced you, there were reports in Scotland saying you were going somewhere else. How much of a close run thing was it, to you know, picking the Glens or or picking potentially a different club? No, if, if I'm being
1: honest, there, there was there was other clubs uh, showing interest, and I, I was uh, sort of taking my time over from the decision. I obviously went to the game on Boxing Day against Linfield, and there was a period of probably about a week to two weeks where I just sort of had to weigh up everything and weigh up what, what, what was best for me and. No, when, when I sort of weighed everything up and uh, and spoke to the right people and had the right guidance, then uh, no, there was only sort of one place I was going, I that was Glen Torn.
2: And it didn't put you off in any way, seeing, because Glen Thorn were going through a really bad patch, and obviously there's now been a change of manager as well. Was there any doubts in your mind, or you seemed pretty confident on it, just judging by what you're saying?
1: No, I was confident in the sense of, I knew sort of watching a few games over the course of the season. I remember watching the uh, Linthorne against Linfield earlier in the season, and like Linfield, at that stage were full strength. Linthorne were at that stage full strength, and I just felt like uh, like from even from watching that game, how how strong Linthorne can be when they've got all their players fit and and firing all cylinders. And I knew I was walking into that change room full of good good quality and good players, players who know off etc. and players who have played with, and uh, I knew I was coming into that change room, yes, obviously low in confidence, but I was coming into that change room to try and sort of. Give them a lift, bring my experiences, bring my personality, and bring my sort of ability to try and help them uh, come out of a, a sticky patch. And now it's a, it's a collective thing with, with both players and obviously the coaching staff and managers. And thankfully, we're sort of, although it's still early days, but thankfully, we're sort of turned the corner a bit.
2: Do you like that responsibility? And is that something that you've grown into, do you think? Or, or something that you, you find easier to do coming in and, and setting that example for, for players?
1: I've I've always been the type of player that I sort of use how I play on a pitch or, or sort of how I go about day to day training and, and sort of looking after myself etc to, to sort of show that example of of different experiences I've uh, conjured over the years and I wouldn't be the most vocal in the change room but I'm the type of boy who'd sort of go out and show sort of maybe performances or or maybe scoring a goal it's different situations in a in a game or obviously. Just turning up every day and working hard and training. I, I sort of use that side of me to, to sort of strive to push others on, if you know what I mean.
2: It's great to be able to have that. We had Rodney McAree on the show a couple of weeks ago and that's what he he was saying about the quality you have, you know, now does it with his football and then other people are looking and saying, Well, there's the example and uh, it maybe just drives other people on. You know, the week that it's been, Glenn Torren fans are on a massive, massive high after that thumping victory. Over Linfield. That match couldn't have gone much better from a football point of view. I know it's been marred by some of the ugly scenes that we've seen and, and how, um, you know, I think everybody has come out and condemned them at this stage. But just looking at the football, if we can, dream night for Glen and 3 0 win over the big rivals.
1: You know, it was absolutely brilliant. And it's, it is one of those games that you sort of look to straight away when you come to sort of any new club. And obviously, me come to Glen you're looking at this sort of the the big teams in, in the league and they're, they're the games you want to be involved in so on a personal note it couldn't have went any better for us winning on the night uh, obviously 3-0 although looking from the outside in you might think it was uh, more comfortable than I was but it wasn't really I thought Linfield actually started the game well and then we sort of came into the game and once we get that first goal you seen sort of our confidence grow and then uh, I think second half performance was we went out and we obviously got another two goals, and it uh, not set us up, set us up nicely for for the towards the end of the game, et cetera. And then, although we had different incidents that happened during the game, but us at Luton, we just need to concentrate on ourselves and concentrating on what we're doing on the pitch. And uh, obviously, the fans sort of trying to behave themselves, which they have been doing. Uh, credit to them, Luton fans have been brilliant over the last sort of three, four weeks, and long may that continue.
2: Bobby Burns' first goal, he got two on the night. Don't know what's got into Bobby, but his first goal was an absolute worldie, wasn't it?
1: No, Bobby's been brilliant. Uh, I've known Bobby sort of from the outside looking in. Obviously, he played in Scotland, etc. But now nah, he, he's been brilliant this last couple of weeks. He's chipping in with a lot of assists, but he's probably delighted more than anyone. He's actually can score a few goals now. So nah, for, for the the first goal was... Was unbelievable, but don't get me wrong. We've definitely heard about it over the last sort of <laughs> couple of days, anyway. For sure,
2: <laughs> that's a that is a given. Uh, Wilson's goal, the timing of that early in the second half, did that just help settle any nerves that there might have been? Because even experienced players, that they know what's at stake in games like that, and a one-goal lead is always so fragile. Getting a goal early in the second half gives everybody a bit of a lift.
1: No, it does surely and uh, when you get that second goal it definitely it definitely sort of maybe tries to kill the game off that wee bit more quicker and I know at and sort of the calibre of players that they have the, they'll always create chances and yeah, when you get that wee cushion off the second goal and then more importantly we're getting the cushion of obviously a third goal as well and you sort of breed confidence from that that you're, you're going to sort of go on and win the game and we've sort of been trying to work on things of, of trying to keep clean sheets and thankfully we've we done that and uh and we know if we, if we keep clean sheets, we'll always create chances. And uh, with sort of the firepower that we have at the moment and getting sort of everyone back in the squad, it's good to have Conor Mack back as well. So now we've, uh, we've strong competition for, for places uh, all over the pitch, which is pleasing. So uh, now with, with the players we have, as I said earlier, it's as long as we keep clean sheets, we, we know we'll create chances. More often than not, we'll, we'll score.
2: It is amazing in football how quickly things can change for a team. It looked like everybody was feeling a real low point in Glen Glentorin and in the space of whatever it is, five or six weeks, there's this rejuvenation. You're still sixth in the league, but you've games in hand and people are starting to talk about the title race and whether Glentorin are still a part of it. I would certainly say that you are. The top six, uh, what do you make of the whole tussle for the title, Nile?
1: that's no, it's interesting. It's it's if I'm being honest, it's what you want for the league. You, you don't you don't sort of want one team run away with the league every season. And now, now when you have three, four, uh, five teams potentially fighting out for a for a league title, it's it's interesting. But our main concern was was just trying to win games again. And frankly, we, we've been doing that. And if we started winning games and and uh, sort of keep concentrating on ourselves, not too not look sort of too much ahead regarding other teams, we can only take care of our own business and. If we're going out and we're doing well and we're winning games, we'll just sort of see who that takes us come the, the post-split. So, yeah, although we're still sixth, uh, we'll have to take confidence from that, from the last sort of few weeks and the last results. And uh, we'll just sort of take each game as it comes. So we're obviously in a good place at the moment, but we'll, we'll still know there's a, a lot more work to do. And even sort of performances-wise, although we're winning, we'll still think we can get better, which is which, which can only be a positive as well.
2: Have you set yourself any personal targets
1: if I'm being honest, no. I just wanted to come in and just enjoy my football again, get get back playing. And as I said earlier, I just uh, I can't believe sort of how how well it went regarding obviously scoring as many goals as I have so far. But I'll uh, I'll I want to keep chipping in with with goals and assists between now and end the season. So a big plus for me was just to get in and back playing and enjoy my football again. So now regarding goals, is just sort of keep enjoying football for for as long as I can. That's for sure.
2: Are you allowed back in Dungannon after that hat trick? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I really hope so. Uh, now well, obviously, a wee bitters- bittersweet moment for myself. To- nice to sort of see familiar faces, first and foremost, and see uh, people who I've played with over-, over the years. And although There's obviously been big changes with the manager and players. and It's good to see Dean playing football the right way, and credit to him. He- he's sticking to his guns and, and fair play to him, but... In a million years I would never thought I would have gone out and scored a hat trick, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> nice hat trick to get and everyone going, Oh there's our Nile, oh brilliant to see Nile and here he <laughs> and then he scores a hat trick and they're going, Oh Nile McGin goes. Uh, <laughs> hopefully it's not affected your sister's business <laughs> no
1: definitely not but no it's, uh, I'll be looking forward to when it comes to actually going back to them again and playing it'll be a nice moment for me for sure uh,
2: looking at the match up next of course um, no time away now balamini United uh, they are the team um, just below you in the league table but there's uh, quite a points difference there uh, what are you expecting from the Sky Blues
1: a very tough game if I'm being honest Is uh we spoke about in-house and uh, I think in, in football the next game is always your hardest game and coming off the back of uh, conceding late against Coleraine and coming away with a point straight away you're thinking if we can go and get six points in the next two games and you walk away with having seven points in, in sort of that difficult week it'd, it'd be a very good week for the club so now we're under on, no, no illusions how, how how tough the game's going to be. They obviously got a good result the last time, 2 0 winning up there. But I know from sort of speaking to the players and, and the coaching staff, etc., how how disappointing it was for, for everyone, how, how they played, etc. It was just a, a very disappointing uh, result. But we know we're going into this game in, in better shape and better form, and hopefully we can go there and, and get the three points.
2: Tell me this have you been in touch with Michael O'Neill much since he's come back into the pitcher?
1: I haven't, no. Uh, I think he's just sort of keeping himself low profile at the moment. Uh, he's uh, he's obviously busy with other things, but I know probably come, coming towards sort of the announcement and sort of pre, pre-announcement, he'll, he'll probably speak to the players that he needs to speak to regarding who's going to be in the squad and, and out of the squad. So, no, I haven't spoke to him personally. Uh, it's just one of those ones. i just got to play up a year and, and see what happens.
2: Do you still kind of... Getting or maybe you never were, do you get nervous coming up to this time and go, is the phone going to ring? Is it not? Because I can happily say, as or well maybe not happily, but I'll freely share as a commentator you're never guaranteed your next game. So sometimes, you know, if it's getting a bit later on, or whatever, you're going, well maybe I'm not working this week or maybe I'm not needed for this event or whatever. I, I assume that's true of players too.
1: No, yeah, as uh, I would be nervous if I'm being honest, yeah. Uh, in the sense of Probably more recently, over the last sort of couple of years, was was being left out a, a couple of squads under reins. Tenor, uh, disappointed for for different reasons, because I still think I should have been in them squads. But managers have their reasons, etc. So not under Michael, it was always throughout sort of Michael's last time in charge. Uh, a sort of it was always a type of player that was rewarded with with good training and and doing well from the club. And Michael sort of more often than not brought me into the squad. Yeah, there was a couple of times I was left out, but. I sort of used that as a bit of fuel for fire, as as you'd like to say. That sort of try to go out and play well and do well, and thankfully I've been doing well over the course of the last sort of four to five weeks. So uh, no, it's it's uh, it's conversations that'll that'll be had between myself and Michael if if that time comes. And I've always been the type of player. Once sort of I've said that once Northern Ireland don't need me anymore, that's the, that's the day I retire. But I'll always put myself forward for for to an international squad. That's
2: for sure. And what's amazing about the Irish League at the moment is it's packed full of internationals. Obviously, you were in opposing teams uh, on uh, Tuesday night, but Kyle Lafferty in the league with Linfield, and well, you look at your own team, Conor McMenamin there, and you, you could you, know, you could just go down the list of players in the in the league now that have international experience. Do you think that the Irish League is actually, you know, is it growing its reputation in a sense where? Maybe once upon a time it'd be like, well, Nels, you know, being put out to pasture, going back to Northern Ireland with the greatest respect and love for my league. Uh, you know, is it now a case of people are going, no, this is a serious league. You can go and you can play, you can be full time, and you can be an international. Absolutely, now your point, you're right. I think uh, everything's got a lot better over the years. I've
1: seen the difference in facilities. Uh, you've got a lot more, obviously, full time professional teams. You've. You've really good players in the league who who are getting recognition uh, across the water. You see numerous players uh, moving across the water, which is always pleasing to see. And even over the short of the past maybe three four years, you had obviously the likes of of Shane Lowry who came out of the Irish League, came into the Northern Iron squad, done very well, got his move. Reece, more recently, Conor McManaman, who's who's obviously got recognition for his good performance as well. So you can see in the league with with sort of even me playing against him, I, I can see straight away there is a lot of ability in the league. It's just. It's just players getting that opportunity and getting that wee bit of luck and getting that chance to to go and prove themselves at a higher level, whether it's across the water or or at international level as well. But yeah, know, I believe that uh, even obviously having Alex myself, having Alexa Kyle coming to the league, it it helps promote it. Promote it. Uh, it allows us to go and sort of show our ability on on the Irish stage as well. And uh, that's no, it's probably nice for. Although you get a, bit, a bit of abuse now again, but it's nice <laughs> to come back and and obviously sort of hear the local fans and speak to them and sort of yeah socialise with them a wee bit as well. It's always it's always nice to do that. And you just sort of come back here, enjoy it, play for as long as you can, and hopefully with me still playing a uh, a good level, I can I can still offer uh, uh, more for for Northern Ireland as well.
2: Is it much different than Scotland? I imagine the uh, the banter is fairly similar. I always thought our Scottish friends have pretty good patter.
1: No, I've always I've always said that over the years. If I'm being, if I'm being sort of brutally honest, the, the Scottish fans are, were unbelievable over the years I was there, whether it was at Celtic, uh, Aberdeen, Dundee. They're, they're just a very passionate uh, set of fans. and I've always sort of found that with, with coming back home, whether it's Northern Ireland games and... And even now at sort of local Irish league games, so the fans are very passionate for their club and it's good to see that that they have that passion for, for, for first and foremost their local football and and then obviously the the players themselves, which is pleasing.
2: And tell me this just finally, talk of you you know, getting uh, along in your coaching career potentially. How's that coming along? Are you working away at your badges?
1: Yeah, well, I've completed my, uh, my B licence and I'm, I'm looking to get on my A licence here now in the summer. So, no, my initial sort of thought straight away was just get out and get picked playing football again. That was priority, and then probably over the next sort of six months to a year, I'll I'll look to sort of start getting into my coaching badges, get a feel for it, uh, hopefully get enjoying it, and sort of see sort of that where that side takes me. Because although you know your your football career doesn't go on for for for, for too long, and it is a quick sort of uh, career path, and now I want I'll be wanting to stay in football for as long as I possibly can, and if that means go down the the line of coaching etc or or going to management one day i'll I'll definitely look to do that
2: so that option's there for you most certainly you haven't necessarily ruled yourself out of becoming a manager then i'm hearing
1: no definitely not i think i'm i'm the type of character if i'm being honest that i'm i'm sort of more level-headed and i've gained a lot of experience over the years working with with different managers and you always sort of take the pros and the cons with with every sort of manager you, you you work with and the way sort of football is going now, with 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 sort of, you've got more sort of younger modern managers coming into the game. Like I think we see football different to what, I, to what maybe previous managers say it. Maybe, 20, 30 years ago, etc. The things are changing regarding sort of, the players themselves, uh, facilities, styles of formation, everything. So now it's definitely something that intrigues me, and something that, uh, definitely interests me of maybe becoming a manager one day. Yeah.
2: Watch this space. Irish League fans, you never know. He could be managing one of your clubs in the future. Niall, it's been great catching up with you, and uh, I've certainly enjoyed what I've seen uh, of you playing here. You've been uh, lighting up the matches. I'll be along at the Ballymena Showgrounds later on. They'll be hoping that you have a stinker, to be honest, but, uh, well, let's see what happens. <laughs> Good man, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on to the show, Niall, again.
0: The score with Michael Clarke.
2: Our next guest on the programme is a man having a dream first season at his club. Ronan Hale set a record at Cliftonville already. Yes, in the victory over Portadown, his goal saw him reach 24 for the season. So far, the most a player has ever scored in their first season with the Reds. That is some going when you think of all the players that have donned the Cliftonville colours down through the ages. He's on the show now. Uh, hopefully, I've not blown his head up massive before we've even started. But, Ronan, what a season for you.
3: Yeah, it's been a brilliant start for me. Um, obviously, it's only it's February at the minute and I'm still wanting to add to it. But, you know, 24 goals is... I would be buzzing finishing with 24 goals, never mind that the basically the halfway business part of the season. So, long may I continue.
2: What do you... Mainly put it down to? Uh,
3: Mostly, I'd say just enjoying my football and confidence. I've played nearly every game and I'm back playing with a smile on my face, you know, so I think it's just down to having that belief in myself and the manager and the squad all believing in me to continue to hit form and, you know, as I said before, long may I continue and bring it into the business part of the season.
2: Just thinking back to the, you know, opening up your account in a European match. Um, I'm sure you're hoping there's lots more highs along the way. But it was a pretty special way to get it started. Could you have imagined when you scored that goal that you were going to score as many now? No, I,
3: I, I said when I scored in Europe, I says, um, obviously your first game. There's there's bits and errors playing for a new club and. Maybe if I didn't score in that game, I maybe would have went a load of games without scoring, and then I got that the monkey off the of back right away and just scored, and now I'm 24 goals for Cliftonville, and it's brilliant, and hopefully I can add more to it and uh, pick up a load of points on the way with it.
2: Well you certainly have been picking up the points Um, it's been an incredible title race so far, you're right in the thick of it and it's first against second at the weekend as you take on your old club Larne I'm sure that's a game that you're really looking forward to
3: Yeah I think it's been a brilliant season so far I think it's been the best in years there's maybe five, six teams that can challenge for it and I think that's down to the different types of players that are coming into the league and you know, there's more fans coming out to watch it. It's driving the boys on, and you know, as you said, first versus second, it's it's going to be a brilliant encounter, hopefully, and hopefully we come out on the right side of it.
2: When you stepped into the team, did you feel a team that was not experiencing a hangover? But was there any sort of heartbreak in the dressing room from last season because Cliftonville went so close and pushed Linfield all the way to the final day? what was it like when you were walking in and and how would you compare it to how everyone is feeling at the moment
3: i i, I watched a lot of their games last season and if they won the league you couldn't have said anything um bad about them winning it. they they're a team that should be challenging for the league and um obviously since i've joined um that's been the the feeling too that we're just taking it game by game and pushing ourselves up the table and you know it's it's first versus second on saturday and it's there's six teams that can go for it, so every every game's a big game now, and hopefully we can win Saturday and push ourselves on.
2: How much are you relishing being in the hunt for a league title?
3: I think it's brilliant. It's, it's you're going out every game knowing that it's a must win, and you're you're coming in after the game, and you're checking some results, to see if they've gone your way, and the feeling when when results do go your way it gives you a kick on to say "Right, bring on the next game already so and what a game to bring on Saturday away to learn so we've got um, we've got a bad result against them last time so hopefully we can turn it around
2: Yeah, it might feel like you them one
3: Ah, uh, it's, it's you don't it's different Um, obviously we we beat them at Solitude um a couple of weeks ago so they've beat us once we've beat them once so we'll see what Saturday brings
2: Oh, and the amazing thing and probably the difficult thing for players and managers is you, know, you have to keep it so even and you can't get carried away by any one result. Supporters as we all know when we are able to be supporters ourselves completely get carried away and one game might not determine the season but you just don't know yet so every match as you say you feel like you're going into it having to win it. How do you cope with the pressure? How do you keep yourself relaxed knowing that you know, whether you put one inside the post or wide of the post could be, you know, the making or breaking of a whole season?
3: Yeah, it's tough. It's just, um, obviously, you don't get too high and you don't get too low. You, you looked at the Linfield game there the other day, we ended up scoring an own goal but we then pushed at the end. I, I had a chance to hit the bar and Joe's put one in it's been called offside. So, it's games that go against you. And a couple of weeks ago, we beat the Blues too, so... You know, you, you can't get too high and you can't get too low. You just have to move on to the next game. And the the next game's always your biggest and it's Lauren away, so bring it on.
2: It's not just you getting the goals. I mean, your brother's chipping in with a few more this season. Uh, uh, what is it? Is it a different um, special breakfast that you're preparing? Or, what, <laughs> or what's going on?
3: <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll take any goal that comes. Um, <laughs> I think he, he only got two or three last season and I pushed him for nine, so... I think he's trying to take over me, but he's a long way to go anyway.
2: <laughs> I think when he's seeing how you're doing, he, he probably feels a bit of pressure himself, so he's having to shoot more.
3: <laughs> I, I, he, had a, he had a few shots the other night and they didn't go close to the target, so he'll be he'll be out on Saturday to try and score one or two to catch up.
2: <laughs> when you look through the, the Cliftonville squad, it is such a talented group of players and there are so many options Everyone, and I understand why I've been excited and talking about Sean Murney's deserved that, but you look at Ryan Curran coming back in, you've obviously got Joe Gormley, you've brought in Parkhouse uh, yourself, and that's just some of the attacking options. Um, you must really feel that in training, that, that confidence looking around going, do you know what, there, we have a, assembled a really good group of players here.
3: Yeah, that's, that's what we say as well. You know, you're in training, you see each other all the time, but when you come to that, that match day squad and you're seeing the the starting 11 the and then the bench that's the people that's on the bench it's it's one of the best squads I've seen you know you've got someone coming on if you're not doing the business someone's ready to take your shirt up there that can stay in the team so you know I think it's given us that healthy competition where if you know you're not doing the business someone's going to come in and take your spot and you don't know how long you'll be out so it's good to have that healthy competition too it keeps you on your
2: toes and you can see that you're full of confidence because when you're trying acrobatic goals, <laughs> for most people, that ends up with probably a sore back or a sore bum and a, a bit of a bruised ego. When they fly into the net, I, I, well, I'm not going to ever do that. How does it feel?
3: <laughs> I know it's it's brilliant feeling. It's, um, I've tried a few before. and As you say, you, hurt, you end up hurting your back or landing awkwardly, but you know, I won one-on in the bottom corner and it was just the roar that I, I loved because obviously before I even got up, I could see the, the crowd cheering. So it was brilliant and it was just brilliant to add another goal. There's, there's no better feeling than scoring on, on the pitch and you know hopefully I can add many more.
2: Still in the hunt for the Irish Cup too. It's done Swifts in a couple of weeks for yourselves after uh, well, you got the better of Corain. Uh, in that competition went all the way to penalties and, um, well, we've been talking about it in the last few weeks, Cliftonville Corian is always kind of heart-stopping stuff and you've uh, had the highs and lows of that but uh, progressing in the Cup, how important is the Irish Cup? Has anyone you know stressed that to you this season? I know individually every player wants to go all the way and win the competition but for the club it's been a long wait Yeah, that's uh,
3: I've heard recently that it's maybe I think it's between forty three or forty five years at the time the last Clinton teams won it. So, you know, it's obviously a big thing that the Cliftonville fans want to um win and you know hopefully we can bring to the table. But, you know, it's just a, it's another game we have to take and we can't take it lightly. But um it's brilliant having the home advantage and getting our fans in the the piers on and hopefully we can progress again
2: quarter-final stages now as well. That's where everybody starts thinking, oh, what if? And and, and everyone does a fantasy draw in their head for the semi-final.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, every game's a tough one. You know, Dungannon, you know, over the last couple of years, maybe they've not been at it this year, but they can beat anyone. And I remember they gave us a tough run up in solitude. They brought it back to 2-1 up against us, 1-0 up, and, uh, you know, you can't take it lightly. You know, it's a cup game every... Every Cup game, everyone just wants to go all out. So, you know, we'll have to bring our A game and hopefully we can progress into the semi-final.
2: In terms of, you know, looking ahead to the other games in the league, after Larn, and I know that's your focus, but after Larn, you've Glen Torrin, you've that Cup game we've mentioned, you're away to Crusaders, and then you have a league game against Dungannon, and that's just the next few weeks before you have Newry City and then the post-split fixtures. It It is remarkable. I mean, every single team that you look at or you talk about because the top six are all pushing for the title every team has these big games to come even before the split and it's making it nearly impossible is there an extra excitement level amongst players about how this season is going I'm sure selfishly you'd love to just be 20 points clear and slippers on you know but nobody is
3: yeah, I, th- I think that would be the dream to just, <laughs> you know, be, be so far ahead and you can just relax the next few games but, you know, I, I think that between all the fans and players you can feel that excitement. There's Anyone can beat anyone and especially with the top six this season you're looking, we we beat the maybe the Blues at home lost away, beat Lyon at home lost away, so, you know, it, it's one of them even ones where anyone can literally beat anyone and I think it's been a brilliant season so far and Going into the business end of the season, it seems every player is coming back to their full fitness in the in the main teams, and you know um, it's going to be a, a good run in here for the last few games,
2: hopefully. And you're an interesting little case study in a sense as well, Ronan. In the sense, you know when you look at Lauren as a as a full time club, Cliftonville with ambitions of, of going full time, how do you? I mean, you've hit new levels this season. How have you done that when you don't have the full time training that you would have done previously?
3: I think it's just down to confidence and believing in myself. Um, obviously, last season I didn't get to play as much as I could, um, and th- this season I'm just relishing playing every minute. And I've got, you know, I've got my family up watching me, and um, it's just a brilliant feeling. though, know, walking out to the pitch and seeing them around in the crowd, so it's it's getting that the balance of your family life and just enjoying football again. And you know, long may I continue. That I've I've had a load of highs this season. So hopefully I can bring it into the business end of this season and, and add more goals and assist and get the points back on
0: the table.
2: And with the you know the experience in the, the dressing room, you're still very young. Uh, I, I say this every time I talk to you, but people can forget it. You're only 24 years of age. Your, your best years of your career are ahead of you. So this is exciting for Cliftonville supporters too, thinking, well, if we can keep rolling on this sort of form for a few years, we could be uh, having some very good days. How much of that do you think is down to some of the players around you and and maybe mentoring you, or or down to the manager, Paddy McLaughlin?
3: Yeah, of course. It's obviously I'm am still a young pup compared to a few of the boys in the dressing room, um, and you know I'm still learning the trade. And but you know when you you've got the uh, finishers up top, and you've got the best in the league, Joe Gormley, and you've got Ryan Curran also, and and then obviously my brother, they're all looking after me and advising me what's best to do and stuff. So. You no, know, you've got that experience along with coach that league the dressing room too, you know. You've got that main experience of winning titles and stuff. So, you know, we've got plenty of experience here in the dressing room and you know, I think we're well, gonna to have to dig in deep and show um, a load of character over these next few weeks.
2: It just fascinates me how much the psychological elements can come into the game. Natural talent will do an awful lot, but having people that have been there done it know how to deal with it it can just be what gives a team a little percentage advantage in certain key moments and matches and you mentioned them there Colin Coates anyone that I speak to at Cliftonville has talked about how much of an influence he is and you know uh, Crusaders fans are still trying to come to terms with the fact that he's playing for Cliftonville but it does tell you what additional value beyond being a good footballer players with experience like him can have for a team
3: yeah, of course. It's massive because, you know, them last 15, 20 minutes where you're needing to dig in deep, he's telling you, you know, you, you need to deal with maybe crosses or hold the ball up more, all that sort of stuff. But he, he knows his stuff. And, you have obviously, you've got Chris Kearns one titles and Joe's one titles. So it's just that getting that balance where everyone's knowing we're all on the same page. and um, But they, they bring the experience where, Obviously, last season they came one point short, so maybe um, this season they can learn from some stuff and we can go one point more this time.
2: Oh, that is what they are dreaming about. That is most certainly what they're dreaming about. And this game on Saturday is a mouthwatering fixture. Some brilliant matches taking place this weekend, but Lorne Cliftonville, first versus second at Inver Park. And in case anyone hasn't checked the league table recently, they're both locked on 59 points. Lorne have a game in hand, so just think of what that could mean to either side to be on the right side of the scoreline here this Saturday Ronan great to have you thank you very much for your time and continue best wishes for the season I mean 30 is an obvious target now isn't it
3: yeah hopefully hopefully I can hit that 30 (laughs) bomb and you know push on but you know I'll take each game as it comes thank you
2: good man yourself Ronan thanks for coming on to the score cheers mate thank you
0: The score with Michael Clark.
2: Now it is time for our third guest of the week here on The Score. And after two top guests to start, we had to keep the standard high. So I thought, well, how are we going to do that? It could only be one man. He's hit his 200th goal for Crusaders. So it's a perfect week to welcome him back onto the show. Paul Heatley, how are you?
0: I'm good, Michael. How are you keeping?
2: I'm doing very well. Congratulations on the personal milestone. 200 goals is some going.
0: Yeah, it was nice to score. It sort of uh, plays on your mind when you start to get to them wee close figures and people around you are telling you, you know, you're going to hit it very soon and sometimes it it can play in your head a wee bit. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it's nice to get it done and dusted over the mark and just, you know, try and add as many as we can. But I would happily have swapped it for all three points obviously on the Tuesday rather than getting the individual accolade but uh, we go again
2: I'll talk about that Glenavon game in just a moment but 200 goals, I don't want to gloss over it for a a wide player that is an incredible contribution and you've scored more than that obviously in the Irish League We're, we're strictly talking about your record with Crusaders when you factor that in Um, it's just a tremendous achievement. It's been nice seeing all the the comments online from various people, supporters from different clubs. It's probably, you have to do something as massive as this for other fans to be nice to you, do you?
0: (laughs) I wonder if the referees will be nice too. No, I'm only joking. Um, No, look, it's always nice. You know, everybody's um, got the one love of football at heart. And, you know, regardless of who you support and who you follow and who you play for, it's... um, it's special achievements that people reach that you have to certainly acknowledge, but um, it's really nice to hear the kind comments and stuff from everybody across the game. And, you know, and, and it's always reciprocated, you know, regardless of who the player is and what, what, what team he plays for. When, when someone reaches that, it's only it's only right that you, you show that appreciation and I'll certainly I'll do that for anybody.
2: That goal against Glenavon brought you back into the game, you went behind again, you had to find another one, and Philip Lowry, who, I mean, what, is, what has become of Philip Lowry, we all thought he's a great player, and apparently now he's a prolific goal scorer, he's having the best season of his career.
0: Yeah, look, Philly's a fine <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, uh He's just scoring every time he touches the ball, and it's fantastic, but... He's always had it in his locker. It's the reason he's played for who he's played for. Um, obviously, he was very, very good with infield and, and everywhere else he's been. He's been phenomenal. But um, with us over the past few years, from the moment he came in, he's, he's had that about him, making them wee late runs into the box. And just somehow the ball gets drawn to him like a magnet and he just is able to put them away. But this year, obviously, he's, he's gone up a gear and, and really expressing his talent. And it's great great for us.
2: When I was talking to Ronan Hill before, he was saying about confidence and, and even with a player of Phillips experience, I imagine confidence comes <coughs> into it once you get into that goal scoring habit, which we don't all have the knack for it, Paul, as, as you well know. Um, <laughs> once you get into this little habit, it, it's something that can all of a sudden just kick on. And I mean, is it tactical? Is there something that is tweaked here or is it just he started doing it and now nobody can stop him?
0: Ah, uh, Flip me, it's a hard hard one to call But I, I think uh, Mr Hale's absolutely right in what he says um, I think you can just get a purple patch Once you start scoring a few goals And, and you're feeling good You're feeling fit um, It can really just Floodgates can open And you're just scoring time and time again And Philly's really summing that up this year in, in the goals that he's scoring um, But he has a great attitude as well Philly, you look at the timing of the goals are all very different and even if we're getting beat you find Philip still scoring because he doesn't stop and he'll play to the last middle of the game and the thing that always stuck in my head was the, the bad experience we had against Lauren there at the beginning of the season um, I think we were 4-0 down at half time but Philly scored in the 89th minute to make it 4-1 you know and that's that's the, the character that he is he's a he's, uh, never say die attitude and he'll give a 100% from the first to the 90th minute
2: It's a very interesting point actually I hadn't necessarily considered that but it's, yeah, the ability to show up all the time and, and not just in certain certain occasions, which really is what separates players when all said and done.
0: Yeah, and as I say, you know, Philly scored some ridiculously important goals, and Tracy Knight could be the biggest, most important one of yet because that extra point may have salvaged something for the season. You don't know. Um, but, yeah, he's just in that, that goal streak. He's, um, he's showing his class. But even outside of the goals, I think... People, regardless, at the, come the end of the season, will look at Philly and say, without a shadow of a doubt, team of the year, and and certainly, I'd expect challenging for player of the year.
2: The title race is bonkers. You know, normally, if we're talking with ten games to go as far as your team's concerned, and I'm saying you're in fifth, you're probably going, yeah, disappointing season. we'll Where you know, we'll, we'll try. Da, 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 da. But I mean, fifth and sixth are still in the title hunt as much as the, the other teams. It's bonkers.
0: It is. I'm sure it's nice for the neutral. I'm sure it's nice for everybody in the top six <laughs> supporter wise. Um, for the players, it gives you a couple of heart attacks a week. But um, it's it's interesting because it shows how high how, how well developed the leagues become and and the level of um growth within within the game between teams that are really committing to the full time and the, the teams like ourselves and Clippinville and, and Coleraine to an extent that are trying to keep in touch with the, the proper full timers as such um, but every week's just uh, turbulent, it's a, it's a chop and change, and I, if I'm right in thinking I think Cliftonville and Lauren play on Saturday so mm-hmm. you know I mean there's someone dropping points uh, which could close it even tighter but this season I think the only time to really reflect on it is going to be post split and um, because right up to that thirty-third game, I I think we're going to be in the same position.
2: And that's what makes it so exciting for for commentators, for reporters, and and for fans, for players. And it's something I've been expressing throughout the program. But I'm just interested in your thoughts on it. You've been there, you've done it, you've won it. What's this like? How do you process what's going on at the minute? Because normally you're you're competing against a couple of teams with it so wide open. In ten games' time, you could be going, "What on earth happened?" Or well. You could either way. What on earth happened? But either for a very good reason or for a very bad reason.
0: Yeah, you really don't know. <laughs> as a player, our, our our benefit is that we just focus on each game at hand and what we do on the pitch. Um, you know, league standings, goals against, goals for. That's that's all for the management to, to deal with, and we'll just go and focus on our game. Um, but yeah, look, it's going to be absolutely mental till the very end. And as I say, there's it's that tight, and the teams have just developed themselves so well. Um, Glen Thorne have just gone from like a nine-game losing streak to six in a row or something ridiculous. So it just shows you how, how quickly things can turn around. But we focus on ourselves. We make sure that we're in the mix. And in terms of achievement, it would certainly be one of the biggest even for us to finish top two. I think this season would probably emulate the titles because it is so competitive now.
2: Well, that's a big statement. Gives us a great perspective on things. Looking at the fixtures to take you up to the split in the Premiership, and I want to get your thoughts on, in just a moment, the Rain game, which is up next. After that, away to Ballymena United, home to Cliftonville, away to Portadown, home to Carrick Rangers. So uh, some tasty ones in there, and uh, some potential banana peels too. But Rain, uh, just look at them. You know, one it was a 1-0 hammering against Newry City, I must say. I was at the game. Newry dug in deep. They were missing some key players And, you know, when you're a team towards the bottom of the table, missing a handful of key players, it makes it even more difficult. But they kept the scoreline down. Could have equalised later on with a Healy volley that went just over the crossbar. But Corain were very good, Paul. They created plenty of chances. And I'm sure you're expecting a really stern challenge. The two of you on 28 games played, they have one point more than you going into this match. It's set up to be a cracker.
0: Yeah. Do you know what, Michael? You'll say that about every single fixture <laughs> leading up now because it's getting so ridiculous. And people have to acknowledge, you know, even the likes of Carrick this season, you have to give massive credit to Carrick. And, and even Uri, some of the results that these guys are, are getting against what would be considered the top six side. Glenavon as well. So hot and cold. Um, it's mental. There's no guaranteed three points ever. Um, you know, so we, we go into Korean with the same mentality as... We go in against Carrick or Linfield or any single other team in in the league because there's no there's literally no easy game anymore. But it's a tasty one between ourselves. You know, Coleraine will probably say the same thing. It's it's a feisty battle, and you know it's aggressive, but it's respectful. Um, and I'm sure it'll be a, a very tasty fixture for, for for this weekend.
2: It's. I just keep coming back to it, bonkers, because you, you know when you look at every game, you're going, oh, this one's important," and then next week, oh, "And this one's really important," and then it's it's impossible to split the teams. And one of the big things for Crusaders is the amount of goals that you've been able to produce this season. League's top scorers with fifty-six. Um, I imagine Corinna are going to make it difficult to get too many past them. Um, what are what are what are you expecting to see from them? Obviously, you're the home team.
0: Yeah, I don't think that'll come into play all too much. Um, they'll have certainly adjusted over the course of the year with their their 3G pitch. I think that'll help them. Um, we expect them to be very well disciplined, organised and feisty to every single ball. They'll fight for everything. Um, as of late, they've gone quite direct, Michael, in their style of play. So they're kind of, wouldn't say copying, but sort of doing the same thing as we did maybe three, four years ago and winning the title. Um, so it's going to be an aggressive battle. We know it's going to be a 100 mile an hour and we'll have to be fully focused to make sure we get get a result. So I think both teams will be crying for the three points because it really sets you up in the running before the split, but time will tell what the outcome will be.
2: And Matthew Shevlin, I'm sure your defenders don't need to do any homework on him at this stage.
0: No, again, Matthew's doing fantastic. Um, he seems, he he's there, Philip Laurie probably. Um He's in, in great goal-scoring form and, and he's a handful to deal with. uh. But he's not the only one. They are fantastic players around the team and, and as do we. So it sets up a perfect challenge for both teams and it'll be one that we're relishing, looking forward to and are confident of. But we certainly could never take anything from granted from it. We'll have to be on our game.
2: When I was looking at your tally in the league, there hasn't been a season in the last 10 years that you've fallen below 10 goals, you're on 8 at the moment but you've only played 19 games, and I know you had a lengthy suspension, but mm-hmm. last season, you know it was 31 games, 10 goals season before, 29, 10 30, 10, you know, and that's the last few years and, and you go back a few years before that and we're talking about 20 plus and, and, and getting it close to 30 I think at this stage in your career it's it's actually quite remarkable that you have eight and nineteen when you consider maybe the tally of the last couple of seasons and you factor in the suspension. Have you? It's maybe weird to say. Have you felt like you've had a good season? When I know how low you felt with the red card, but how do you have you processed that? I mean, you are actually, you know, in terms of goals per game, producing better than you have done probably the previous three seasons yeah
0: i've literally thought about that as recently as this morning michael thanks (laughs) um it's something that you think about of course you're always analyzing your own performance you're always analyzing your own game seeing where you can improve what you're doing well in because you have to give yourself a wee bit of confidence rather than demoralizing yourself um but yeah it has been in my head that's but the biggest thing i'll take out of all of that is the disappointment to missing so many games and it's a lesson to be learned um, this season it could have been fantastic you know if I hadn't missed I've actually missed probably 9 or 10 this season a few through injury and obviously the 7 game suspension um, and I've had to be in my best behaviour because I'm four yellow cards as well so the gaffer will kill me <laughs> so so yeah it's always in your mind but it's quite nice to have. obviously I'm on 10 for the season 8 in the league and uh, it's nice I always try and hit the double figures so you're absolutely hitting the nail on the head personally I always try and hit double figures
2: well, not even try. You always do, Paul. Um, have, have you got over that, that disappointment of, of the sending off? Because when, I think you know, your manager did an interview and he said it was a couple of days before he heard from you again because you literally just had to go and shower your head. Basically, you felt so personally annoyed at yourself.
0: I did. You know, I actually genuinely turned the phone off. I knew he would ring. I knew the guy would ring. And I know I'm sure he's going to listen to this as well. So he's going to hear about it. But I knew it would ring and I just thought there's absolutely no way in my mind I'm able to have a conversation with anybody. Um, I was and, so and disappointed that that myself. Wouldn't,
2: that wouldn't be like you.
0: <clears throat> no, it doesn't happen all too often. It's been several years since I've got a red. You know, I know there's a, a bit of a nasty streak in me at times, but it's usually a yellow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I was bitterly disappointed. But the reason I was so disappointed was because of our defence as a team that night. It was just atrocious. You know, We all let ourselves down defensively, not just the back four, but throughout the team we were we scored a goal to get back into it, then we conceded, and then we scored, conceded, and scored. Um you know, three times to get back and draw a level to then go and concede a fourth, the head went and obviously when I got nipped by the player I just reacted stupidly and and you know, lessons are learned, You sometimes we all lose the head and and uh we have to pay for it and that's exactly what happened. So yeah, it took a couple of days to to certainly recover from it. But uh I don't need myself to blame.
2: Do you think something like that, in a weird way, nearly fires you up more for coming back? Because I can't imagine you enjoy sitting and watching everybody else playing.
0: No, and it was seven very long weeks because we had no midweek games. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the longest experience of my life. But um, yeah, look, it does. Of course, you've got you get over your sh- the, the spell of you know feeling sorry for yourself and being annoyed at yourself, and after a few weeks you start to go right. Let's let's. Get into gear and let's get really focused on making an impact when you get back. And hopefully over the last um, handful of weeks, I've managed to to contribute a good enough bit and obviously score score a few goals and and help Philly out in the goal tally. So yeah, it's been good.
2: And for Crusaders, there's that. Ability to challenge on multiple fronts you've got the irish cup that you're still in and uh, the league title which is someone has to win it uh, at some point you know some weeks that you're thinking does nobody want to win it other weeks you're thinking nobody's going to drop points but um how, how exciting is it for you at this stage of the season to to have both things to still be aiming at obviously your irish cup holders too
0: yeah look it's really important that you're still involved um and challenging on a few fronts at this stage because if you're out of Irish Cup and, and you obviously didn't win the league or Cup or County Antrim, you've, you have you have only the league to focus on. But our our main thing is it's so competitive and so tight in the league that we stay in touch and we give ourselves every opportunity to challenge and make a run for it um towards the, the final run in, which we still are. You know, we'll look at our fixtures leading up to the split and we'll be we'll have our expectations in terms of points tally. Leading into the split, where we should be at, and if we achieve what we expect, then then we'll certainly give ourselves a fighting chance. Um, Irish Cup, we've we've drawn a, a really good side, and then Torn. someone has to win, as you say, and and the winner leads leads themselves into a semi final, and you don't know who you'll draw, so. It's, it's an interesting point, it's exciting, um, but we're not the only team to be in that position. There's about six or seven other teams, so <laughs> um, they'll all be saying the same thing and everybody
2: will be wanting to win. There's eight teams in the quarterfinal, Paul. <laughs> yeah, but only six
0: are challenging for the league, Michael.
2: Ah, okay, okay. I was just just clarifying the point I wouldn't want anyone to think you were silly <laughs> It's been uh, lovely catching up with you Thank you very much for coming on to The Score this week And well, keep scoring those goals
0: I'll try mate, thank you so much
2: for having me There we go folks Paul Hitley of Crusaders Here on The Score
0: The Score with Michael Clark.
2: Paul Heatley annoyingly casual about how good he is at scoring goals I'm just incredibly jealous great to have him on the programme thank you to Ronan Hale and to Nile McGinn as well and to you for joining us all that remains to be said is enjoy your weekend of sport bye bye